In a world full of movie podcasts, here is one more. Welcome to Defend Your Movie with Sean Donnelly and Andrew Fiore. The time has come again. A champion must everybody welcome back to another fantastic quarantine episode of your favorite podcast and mine it is defend your movie i am one of your hosts mr andrew fiore aka tcb that's the cool breeze joined by my co-host sean donnelly everybody it's dutchy hello there everybody hello there out there in defender world it's dutch aka sean patrick paul donnelly <laughs> I just uh, how is tcb is the cool breeze. It's, and it's also care of business, baby. And it's also taking care of business. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you get you? It really is getting me annoyed how much you gave yourself a cooler nickname than Dutch. I like Dutch. I would, I'm just, I would a, I'm, I'm a cigar. You're like the cool breeze. <laughs> no, Dutch is cool, man. Dutch is a badass name. Dutch makes you think like, oh, the little Dutch boy or something weird. Like, <laughs> oh, really? I thought Cold Breeze was so stupid. It's like a, it's like a women's thin cigarette from the eighties. <laughs> no, that's no, it's not. She smokes Cool Breezes. They're not cool. <laughs> that's Virginia not a, Slims. Oh, Virginia Slims. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, that would that'd be a good Cool Breeze, please. <laughs> uh, so what's going on there, Andrew Fiore? Oh, you know, not too much. We're just doing the Friday edition of the Defender Movie Podcast. I hope you guys are enjoying uh, our doubling up on the content since the quarantine is happening. We figured we'd give you guys a Tuesday and a Friday episode, and we hope you guys are liking the matchups and enjoying the guests because hopefully the end of this uh, virus is sooner than later, but we, in the meantime, we're going to give you guys some, some more content for you to, to gobble up. Yeah. They're saying, uh, now well, they're saying the, th- the curve is flying everybody. And, yeah. um, so keep doing what you're doing. You, you keep doing what you're doing. And they think a lot of these businesses, they June is when they think is they're going to open back up or something. Who knows? Maybe that'll go longer, but I'm hoping June, I could get my head around. If it's July, August, September, Gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, jump, throw myself out my first story window. <laughs> so I'll just get a couple of scrapes, but it, it's just the, it's the idea of it. <laughs> Sean tried to commit suicide. Is he okay? Yeah, he's got a sprained ankle. He's yeah, 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 yeah. He's out of his first story window. He's fine. <laughs> well, but yeah, like, like you said, uh, hopefully everybody's dealing with this. You know, mentally, physically, it's tough, man. I'm, you're laying around for more hours than I'm used to per day. But then uh, it, takes a phys- it takes a mental toll, too, man. So hopefully you guys are enjoying this and, and it distracts you from, from what's going on in the craziness of the outside world because it's really something we've never, ever seen before or pro- hopefully never see again once it's yeah, over. Yeah, and absolutely. And I hope that we're able to, like, fill some of your time for this. You know, like, like I said, we say at the end of the podcast, let us know what you think of the podcast. Tweet at yeah. us. That's at, uh, at Defend Your Movie on Twitter. We also have an Instagram, and we're waiting for our – the change of podcast to really ramp up content on that because of a certain factor that we need. But, uh, um, yeah, let, uh, give us your matchups. People have been tweeting at us at defend your movie, rate review and subscribe on, on the podcast app, uh, leave a review. It helps us out. We need a new boost. We got some new stuff coming. It's, we're having a blast doing these, uh, give us whatever ideas you can give us and what you've seen, what you've watched, what you think will match up well. Uh, and just let us know, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. So, uh, before we got this, I was texting with Shawnee earlier and I had this movie on that I caught the end of last night. And then for some reason it was on again today. So I got to see the full thing and it lined up perfectly on our, what did you watch segment? It's called the boost. And it's a uh, 1980s James Woods and Sean Young. And the description is basically a happy, happily married couple moves to LA to pursue the husband's job. He gets introduced to the LA scene 
in the uh, 1980s and they become cokeheads and then that's the movie. <laughs> that's all it was. That's the whole movie. That's the entire movie. So there's no murder, there's no espionage, there's no uh, theft, there's no Grand Theft Auto, there's no heist, there's no nothing. There's nothing. It just basically, it follows the formula of we lived a great life, moved to LA, got a great job, made a lot of money, got hooked on coke, James Woods started beating his wife, she left, it ends with him. Oh, okay. So the whole thing about the, it's about their marriage. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, it's it's basically his just descent into uh, the world of cocaine further and further. There's a lot more. I mean, they lose they lose a child. It, it was so bad, dude. Like it hit all the cliche kind of coke things, like the fast oh, talking, and, like super eighties. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just just the, nose. the nose thing. The guy with the yeah. flittering <laughs> fingers over the nose. But guess who's in it? Who? Uh, Seinfeld reference. I don't know the actress' real name, but she plays Susan's mother in Seinfeld. Oh, I don't know her name, but okay, yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about. I saw an episode <laughs> with her last night. Yeah. Oh, oh, she's in it. She what Dude, does she play? She plays a, a dog sitter. They they uh, they drop their dog off with this lady, and uh, they get so high and coked up, they never go back for the dog. <laughs> wow, so just an irresponsible. A pair of characters. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, well, let me tell you thing- this, dude. She looks exactly the same. Like yeah, she, she has, has a- that look to her. Yeah, and also let's be honest, though, dude. It's that movie is not that far off from when Seinfeld was. Yeah, I think it was from. Uh, maybe it's ten years later. Maybe yeah, it's probably about a decade in between, but maybe not that much. Yeah, I guess you're right. Now that I think yeah. about it, so. Uh, well, here's the thing that I, we mentioned before when we were texting about this and we talked a little bit before. These are the movies that you'll never see in movie theaters ever again. These like, that's like almost like these quasi like uh, thriller drama type things that James Woods or um, yeah, uh, Michael or Douglas Richard, was Michael Douglas or Richard Gere was like famous. It's like yeah. these like like shady white guy films we should call yep, them you yep, know what i mean yep. <laughs> like like uh like just like uh, middle of the road stakes type movies that just aren't going to be in theaters ever again you know? <laughs> yeah because one of the ones you had thought of when you were telling me about um about this coke movie was a movie that me and my dad used to watch called bestseller it's actually a really great movie and i'll read you the I synopsis think i know it Bestseller is a 1987 American neo-noir film. That's what they, that's what they do a lot of the time. It's like they're kind of like oh. these dark crime thriller films written by Larry Cohen, directed by John Flynn, and starring James Woods and Brian Dennehy. The film tells the story of uh, Cleve, that's Woods, a career hitman who wants to turn his life story into a book written by Dennis Meacham Dennehy. Such an, a 70s, 80s type scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A veteran police author and best-selling author. Uh, and then, you know, of course, uh, so then there's a whole plot to it, but you guys should check it out though, because bestsellers, I actually want to rewatch it cause it's such a cool movie. Right. But like I said, it's one of those things like a time capsule. You're not going to see the look of that movie. You're not going to see, that's why when people were doing like, um, a brief history of violence or something like that, or, uh, uh, what's the other one? Um, it was a good time of year. Oh, it has Oscar Isaac in it. And they try to recreate that 80s look from back in the day. Oh, yeah. It was a, a very bad year. A, a, a most violent a year. A most violent year. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like these movies that they are doing a more glamorous version of what time frame that these, these James Woods and Michael Douglas, they were just in the time frame. But these, yeah. they almost like, even with the lens, I feel like they even film it in a way that to make it look a little bit glossier. Like that, a most violent year looks, looks different than other movies. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. A movie that I also watched yesterday was a film that I'd never seen before. Uh, was uh, The Last Picture Show. I'd never seen it. It's fantastic. It's a Peter Bogdanovich film. It's really his breakout. It's his third movie. It's and Tatum O'Neill or Jodie Foster? It's neither. It's uh, Jeff Bridges, Timothy Bottoms, Sybil Shepard is maybe who you were thinking of. Maybe. Uh, Cloris Leachman is also in it. This is she- Sybil Shepard's first movie, and she is a classic beauty i mean they nailed this this is going to lead into our topic today because uh she was it, it's it's set in uh, anarene texas in the in the 1950s and it's just a caps it's just a time capture 
of, you know, a dying town. And, uh, you know, one, one of the kids goes off to fight in Korea. Another one, it's just like, it's really one of those movies that uh, it really makes you miss the, the times of yore. But it's really crazy to see Jeff Bridges really young and really young. So even Cloris Leachman's really young at this time. So I think it was 1971. So, oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah that's, the, that's right. The time she was doing like um, Mel Brooks stuff. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that was even a little bit later. Yeah, the Mel Brooks stuff was later, but um, it was uh, fantastic. It's it's an art house cinema movie, you know. It's Peter Bogdanovich, but it let me down that like kind of rabbit hole of all these guys who kind of came up under Roger Corman, and it was like that new era of Hollywood directors. It was, it was Bogdanovich, Coppola, Spielberg, and it was just like all these guys who went on to do amazing things, and they they literally did create the new Hollywood from that point on. Wait, so it kept your interest? Like, it kept you, uh, like, it, it didn't, wasn't too far gone where you were like, I have no interest in this world. Like, you were into it the whole time? I was, but I also appreciate that kind of movie. I feel like uh, if you're 20 years old today, you're going to be like, what the fuck is this? It's very arty, and it's very 70s, and it's very gritty, but I like that kind of thing, you know? So I think it's a personal preference. Of, I've had a couple of different times where I think that's popped on TV and I've, I've wanted to watch it and I still skip it. I don't know why. Yeah, I understand that. It's a slow pace. It's definitely a slow burn of a movie and it's not action or anything like that. Nothing huge is really happening. It's just a, it's a snapshot of life. So you're going to have that almost pace to it where it's like the changing of the seasons. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not going to be watch, a, Yeah. Did you watch anything else? I watched The Upside with Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston. Oh, uh, God. How was that? You can skip that one. <laughs> <laughs> that bombed pretty badly in the movie theaters. Yeah, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but it was a pretty formulaic kind of, uh, you know, wealthy guy who's in a wheelchair, uh, gives a, uh, you know, down-on-his-luck urban kid who just got out of prison uh, a job. <laughs> Can we get rid of that plot line of the white person helping out the black, the like, yeah, yeah, the down, the down on his luck black dude, like, or the, or whoever, it, or or even if it's a Latin woman, or it's like, yeah, yeah, aren't we going to a point where? Not that I'm saying that never probably happened in the history of the world, it probably did, but I, it, we, yeah, we're all based we're on a true story, and we're all not we're not watching it with the same like. Oh, wow look at this this saint that's it's like we're not all watching it the same no. way we're kind of watching it with like the socioeconomic view of like oh yeah you're both at different stations of your life this guy kind of didn't have a chance you did even with your handicap that's what i'm right. taking away from it you know like i don't know the movie i shouldn't talk out of that's school exactly here. what it is it yeah. turns out they both learned from each other <laughs> you know like one of them. yeah yeah just that hokey bullshit like i don't mind hokiness when it's done right uh but when it's Absolutely. one of those kind of things where it's like it's that's a little bit and i i don't even know if i like this phrase and i've used it before a little tone deaf a little tone deaf for the <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh for the kids Absolutely. these days yeah so it's a little bit like whenever it's a like that's, that's when it's weird to me when it's like uh minority uh like uh, like a, a pity party uh type of situation yeah 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 where it's like it's like yeah relax like let's not go crazy you know oh whatever. i agree 100 percent and then uh just two more quick ones because i forgot to mention these on tuesday i watched kind of the rise of skywalker i hadn't seen the last installment of the star wars buddy i couldn't even get through it i thought it was terrible everybody everybody hates it i should bring my roommate in for this because or i should have him call us up because uh it's everybody hates it i i didn't hate it here's the thing i don't mind this is what i i took away from it i don't mind the reveals of what it is but it was a it was a mess of a movie Dude, it was I, a bad they, movie. It was they, they, acted poorly. They were shoehorning things in for no reason that didn't serve the plot or whatever. I couldn't even, I couldn't finish it. I turned it off. And it's kind of a disgrace that that's the last of such an iconic. I know. Uh, yeah. Um, I, was, uh, I took a walk with our, our pal and guest last week, Greg Stone, yesterday. And he's a huge Star Wars guy. And he was like, and, I get it. I understand. I was like, all right, thank you. Because you're a huge Star Wars guy. And for you to uh, understand that means that I was right. Let me ask this. Would it have been fixed if it was a three and a half hour movie? I, I thought I just I couldn't even keep up with the the acting was so terrible from the same actors who I thought in the other ones did a fine job. 
I don't know what happened well, in this one. Maybe the writing. But, the, but I mean, uh, three and a half hours. Come on, why was it supposed to be that long? My only, my only. No, I'm just saying it could have fit. It could have been spaced out better. Oh yeah, I don't know. And you can, you I, can I didn't kinda, even see how it ended. Well, they. My my theory is this: they should have had J.J. Abrams do all of them and just waited till they could do it. Because by making that second one, which I didn't mind uh, that much, the second one, but having Ryan Johnson do that, there's plot devices and 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 yeah, yeah. storylines in the second one that get more that get knocked down to one little line of dialogue in the third one. There's whole characters. That character Rosie or whatever her name is, she just becomes a background character. She was a major character right, in the second right. one. So it's it's kind of disheartening. The only saving grace is I was in L.A. when it came out. I saw it with my brother-in-law and my nephew, and I never went to the movies with my nephew before. Oh, that's cool. So I was excited to see to see him see it, uh, yeah. and he did like it. You know, if you're a kid, you're gonna like it anyway. It's all of Star course, Wars stuff. Of course, his, yeah, his dad, my brother-in-law, worked for George Lucas before he sold the company. Oh, very cool. Uh, and so they're a big Star Wars family. So it was actually really it was special for me even to go to that movie with my family. And but, then okay. But I know that it's not good. I know it's not good, but yeah, I'm still yeah. like, I want it to be good. I want of course, because you world. have an emotional yeah. connection to the whole franchise. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not like, you know, I'm not Greg Stone. I'm not like, he's Neither so... Neither am I, but I love the originals, man. That was a big part of my childhood. I was diehard when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's good that you saw it, though. Yeah. And then finally, last night, I just uh, was bored, so I bought Birds of Prey, uh, the Harley Quinn movie. Oh, how was it? Also not great, but not the worst thing I've ever seen. Uh, I thought it was better than uh, – what was the ensemble? Uh, Suicide, Suicide, Suicide Squad? Squad. Oh, I heard that. I won't even see that movie because I heard how bad it is. Suicide Squad was bad. I watched it on a flight, and it was not even great for a flight movie. Um, but Margot Robbie can carry the movie. Uh, she does a great Harley Quinn. Which oh, I think is fantastic. good because she kind of bases it on the animated Batman series, which was a lot of Joker and Harley Quinn. And it's kind of a throwback to that. But uh, some of the ancillary characters like they had the Huntress, who was uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who I love as an actress. Her character and plot line was kind of kind of uh, kind of corny. Like and then boring, they had um, uh, Rosie Perez plays like the Captain Montoya, who is you know the police captain who kind of ends up helping them. Uh, I'm you know, Captain Montoya. Yeah, and I'm Rosie Perez. I'm playing I Captain was... Montoya. <laughs> Freeze! <laughs> it's the Stookies. Freeze, Harley Quinn. <laughs> and then I thought they were doing a good job of it the whole time, but then there's nowhere the end... to go. There's nowhere to go. <laughs> I just want to keep uh, interrupting you with my bad, my bad Rosie Perez impression. No, please don't. <laughs> but, There's uh, no way to go, Harley. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't help themselves at the end. They had to make it. Uh, girls are better than boys, and this is the well. Thing. Come on, what do you expect? I, no, but they, I was, I was hoping they wouldn't kind of make it so obvious. They were doing a really good job of it up until the movie was paced very weirdly. It starts. It has. It goes. Okay, we got to go back. They do that like three times in the first half hour. You're like, well, that's oh, what Deadpool does. Timeline. It's not fucking linear, linear at all. Deadpool does that. Yeah, but I don't. I didn't mind it. This time you're like, all right, we're already going back again. It's like, why, Andy? Because it was guys doing it, and and you're excusing them because they're I guys. I'm not like a huge Deadpool fan either. I like the. I think oh, they're I okay. Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, I love Deadpool. So but, you, all right. You know so let me ask this. So you're saying see it or don't see it? If you can, if it was on and you were at home. And you're bored, watch it, which is what I did. I wouldn't go out of my way to see it, though. Okay, so let's go on to the main topic of the day. What do you say there, Andy? Oh, the old meats and the peats. We haven't talked about the meats and the potatoes. We haven't, in a while. We haven't said the word meats and peats in a while. You're right. <laughs> uh, we, so, okay, so here's the thing there's a couple of reasons. I saw this and I wanted to do it. And one of the reasons was your reaction. Um, our, our topic for the day is going to be, uh, commenting on a Buzzfeed list of 17 roles that they say were a hundred percent perfectly cast. Now I'm already, we're a, movie, we're a, we're a movie podcast. Uh, we, we see something like this. We jump right on top of it. I <laughs> saw it and I, um, 
I went right to the list and immediately was disappointed. Like, like, like pretty immediately. Yeah. Uh, once, uh, very soon into the list, I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? And so just to even preface that more, the title is 17 actors who are absolutely, without a doubt, 100% perfectly cast. That's the title yeah, like there's, of like the article. Basically saying there's nobody else that could do it. Like if you're so you title an article like that, you better deliver me the greatest list of all fucking time. And here's my theory, man. I think BuzzFeed does this on purpose so people get mad at their picks so that they like share it and they go, what the fuck are they talking about? And also, I think they make their quizzes purposely easy and they call you a genius and you feel better about yourself at the end of the quiz. Right, right, right. Because I've taken about six Buzz, BuzzFeed quizzes and I've, I've done really well and I go, I might be, I'm pretty good. I'm a good guy. I'm, good. <laughs> I'm pretty smart over here. So, so do you want so, to start with number 17 and go backwards or go to oh, number one? Uh, I don't know if they do them in order, but we could do that. Yeah, why not? Let me get all the way down to 17. Uh, uh, all right, so I'll start we- it since I'm there. Uh, they have Matthew Lillard as Shaggy in Scooby-Doo. Fuck off is all Fuck I have Fuck <laughs> you, BuzzFeed. What are you talking about? I don't know what? if they threw that one in there just as like a final joke, but get the fuck out of here with Matthew Lillard as an actor on the whole. That's how I kind of feel about it. That's that. how I feel. But just like how we did, um, uh, like, like when we had Ian Finance do um, Salt Lake City Punk, SLC Punk. SLC Punk, and, yeah. And he was like, Matthew Lillard's fantastic. He's terrible, this guy. He is a caricature. And let me tell you. Which I is maybe why he was good as a character in this movie. Depending on when you're doing this, this Scooby-Doo movie, say you did it back in the day in the 80s, uh, young Steve Buscemi could have done uh, Shaggy. He could have easily done it. Also, choice. he go. You get the '90s. Go to the '90s with it. DJ Qualls. Oh yeah. Freaking Qualls. Perfect. Are you kidding me? Matthew Lillard doesn't have. He he just made himself Shaggy. He doesn't have the Shaggy body. Like he like he's like a kind of a built dude, and he probably got skinnier for the movie. But it's like, first off. And also, this isn't one of those things that people are wondering, was Scooby-Doo perfectly cast? <laughs> no, like, nobody's ever had that discussion ever. Like, I guess when they're trying to do, like, oh, it's going from t- uh, cartoon to movie. But, like, to be honest, they screwed up left and right in that movie because Shaggy stinks. Uh, they have, uh, they have <laughs> Freddy, yeah, Freddy like Prince Jaws too. They yeah. screwed up left and right at every turn on the set yeah. of Scooby-Doo. Freddie Prince Jr. as Fred or whatever his name is. That's, yeah. what you want. that's way off. You're way off on that uh, one. Yeah. I, don't, I remember Fred being an all-American blonde kid, not a exactly. Latino. If it, was, it would have been funny now if they, did, if they did Fred now or a couple of years ago. You have Zac Efron in a blonde wig. That'd be funny. That'd be good. Yeah, that's a not good one. Freddie Prince Jr., whose dad's famous for being like a, a Latin – like a, he's a very famous Latin comic. Yeah. I know. Such a joke. So when you if you put Matthew Lillard, if anybody has already anything, spent too much time on this one, <laughs> yeah, anything anything on him is uh, wrong, wrong, wrong. So there, I there didn't you go. hate SLC Punk as much as a lot of other people did. I liked it in college it. because I was one of these people in seventh grade where I was like Sex Pistols. But here's the thing: I have a very real understanding. Like if you, I, I, I think we can have a discussion of what punk is, and I know the whole idea was supposed to be it was suburban punk, but still, screw that movie because they tried to make it hard edge. And it sucks. That movie sucks a fucking dick. <laughs> I, would, I get so mad at that movie. You, that movie is so low quality movie. Oh, I, I don't even want to talk about it. Oh, that's so funny how it sets you off. I haven't seen it in probably at least 15 years. Maybe not since college. So almost about 20 years now. But I would like to see with my mentality where I'm at today versus where. Because I remember watching in college and be like, that was all right. Put it this way. If you like SLC Punk, I don't trust your music taste. How about that? I don't trust that you actually like because Ian Ian was on and he did it and Ian likes a bunch of good bands, but I don't know if he actually likes them. I think he, it might be a, a phony baloney situation because it's like it's it's like if you like SLC Punk, that's not for real. So yeah. what's what, what's going on here? It's such a bad oh, good yeah. little inside information there. All right. Well, I don't know for sure. I love, love Ian, but you know, but that movie is garbage. Uh, all right, you want to do number sixteen? You want to intro sixteen? Sure. Uh, this is actually, they're more on point with this. Andre the Giant as Fezzik in The Princess Bride. Now, you want to talk about a fantastic movie. I was going to say, you Bride. want to talk about the most overrated movie of all time. Just no, look no are further you, than The Princess Bride. Are you 
stupid? Are, Dead are you, serious. No, I think I'm quite intelligent. It are you is, out of your mind? No, this is a movie that people love from their childhood, just like SLC Punk. You go back, you watch it, you go, I don't get it. I just don't fucking get it. Wait, when did you see it for the first time? Probably older than I should have. I wasn't a kid. Just dude, because you saw something a kid doesn't make it a good movie. Dude, it's turning, it's fan, it's turning a fantasy movie on its, on its ear. It's, it's self-aware. It's funny. It's well-written. It's got great people in it. Carrie Elway's is the best thing he's probably done. Uh, it's, Not for it's, me. It's an actual funny tongue-in-cheek storybook movie. The, 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 the premise of it I don't think has been done since then or before as overrated. far as like – not overrated. No way. No Completely way. Friends, overrated. No. No. Peter. Uh, Peter. What's his name? Falk was was great as the grandpa. Uh, Fred Savage was really a cute kid in it. Uh, oh, that was a weird. Uh, that was a very. Uh, I didn't. That was a very weird homoerotic relationship there. I didn't care. What? For oh, you. That you must. You have some family situation or something because <laughs> I, I I got grandfather grandson from that relationship. No. And no, actually, some, some creepy guy. And on. not like a a, a, a cheese ball. A drug commercial. He's like when the when the the grandpa's having trouble breathing, and he goes, "I uh, having trouble." He goes, "I huff and I puff." He goes, "He's just like you, grandpa." That kid's a little shit. <laughs> I don't believe that. I don't know if anybody's seen that commercial, but for whatever it's called, whatever that that medicine is. <laughs> well, I'm going off. I just a if I never liked Princess Bride. I'm never gonna like Princess Bride. Well, but, what do you uh, think? As far as Andre casting the- Andre the Giant goes, yeah, sure, he's a big doof. Was I'll he, give that. Was he mentally handicapped guy in this? No, he's he's a giant. No, <laughs> it's it's a French accent, you maniac. Yeah, he is French, I think. Yeah, uh, any, <laughs> and they they say in the article, anyone other than him playing this character would be inconceivable. Come on, it's such a great movie. They really uh, went with the hyperboles on the uh, inserts for the, these. I know, I know. But when it comes down to the giant, I would say he is perfectly cast. I'm trying to think of you don't like the movie, so you're not going to think of somebody who can play him. Uh, well, I mean, you had, he's kind of a once in a lifetime uh, actor, if you want, or a person. You know, I mean, his yeah. bones literally couldn't stop growing, which is what led him to die. You know, it's so, so sad. Uh, I mean, he didn't. He do another movie with? Um, was it? No, oh, no. My giant was with another fucking freaking. That was major. a French guy, but you know. <laughs> yeah. What are they doing uh, in France? Creating all these fucking uh, uh, giants. People? I think that Andrew the Giant's perfectly cast. We can move on to the next one. Is that what happens when you drink wine at a really early age? Your bones just grow to a freakishly large nature? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's the wine. All right, number 15 on the list is J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson in Spider-Man. Okay. Which, uh, sure, great good casting. casting. Great casting, but perfectly cast? No, the only thing that makes him perfectly cast, if you're going to say that, is what he does with it. So, Here's my thing. Why does this guy need to be on this list? It's not yeah. like it's uh, one of the most famous, iconic roles of all time. Right. It's like if, if a you small do a role and a recurring character in the Spider-Man series, yeah, he's fine, but it's like, it's not fucking Marlon Brando as Don Vito. It's not fucking, you know what yeah. I mean? Or you're saying, or even, or like, who's playing Spider Man? Like, it's like that's a more major, right? Right. Which they got wrong again and again and again. Not the new ones, though. Main character of the movie, rather than a sub character. Not the new ones. Not the new ones, but this was they're referring to the 2002 franchises. You know what I mean? I know, but with these ones, but even Tobey Maguire is better than Andrew Garfield. I say. Um. No, I disagree with that. I like really? Andrew Garfield better than Tobey Maguire. But I like the 2002 version. I don't dislike Tobey Maguire. I like that first one they did in 2002. Our buddy I, Jim Norton's in it. That's true. I, uh, I was watching the second one with Alfred Molina. And a lot of people will put that up against any of the Spider-Mans as the best one. Uh, he's well, I, think we even, I think I even did it on the show. Spider-Man 2 versus Homecoming. I, I, I think... Did Ronan do that maybe? Ronan Hirschberg might have done it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Doc Gott, but it's actually, I watched it, and it's a, it's actually a better written movie than the first one, the 2002 one. All right, sir, why don't we go move on to uh, number 14? Let's go to number 14, and that is Jim Carrey as Stanley Ipkiss slash The Mask in The Mask. Okay, now, this is why this list sucks, because... <laughs> 
Jim Carrey in anything is making it his own. Also, Correct. there's no there's no frame of reference for the for right. the mask. So you're just saying what that it's an amazing performance? Yes, you're right about that. But it's not so it's not some iconic. It's not like hey, uh, who's playing um, uh, the dad? And uh, you know, I don't even know. I can't even think of something right now. But like, I mean, like, well, no, even that's not. <laughs> no, but it's one of those things where it's like. It's not like you're like, oh man, like in order to say that somebody was 100% cast, you have to be able to screw it up. And the fact that Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey, he made it his own. If you can't be like, oh, you disappointed all these mask fans that know how the mask should be. Like that's not a thing. Yeah, I don't even feel comfortable in a world where those people are out there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you're going to go to the mat on your, why is the mask even on this fucking list? Exactly. Exactly. So let's just. I just um, this list is obviously written by somebody who's twenty years old and thinks that the, a movie made in nineteen ninety four is is an old movie. And we go to the next one, and I have an issue with this too because uh, the next one you you can say it. Henry Cavill, Cavill, I don't know how you say his name, as Superman in Man of Steel twenty thirteen. Um, I don't even have a fucking opinion on this guy. The issue I have is that Brendan Routh was the one before him, right? In uh, he's a, Henry Cavill is in Man of Steel. Brendan Routh was in um, Superman Returns, which I thought was actually the best one out of the ones, one of the best ones out of the ones they made. Brendan Routh was not a bad Superman. Christopher Reeves was probably maybe he was, uh, you know, Henry Cavill is like a great Superman. Don't get me wrong, but what I'm saying is that uh, is he 100 percent perfectly cast? I think there's probably a a million guys actors are not working right, actors I remember that can fill guy. the Superman role. The good yes. thing about Henry Cavill, which is probably part of the deal for the role, if you look at him when he's like, uh, when, before he's like, when he's off the grid, the guy is jacked. The guy is insanely jacked. Yeah. It's like pure genetics on this guy. He, it's insane how in good shape this guy is. <laughs> but, uh, but besides that, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, let's be honest. You could have found a thousand guys that had the exact look you need for a great Superman. That's why yeah. it's a very non, it's not a non- nondescript. There is a look to it, but you can find people that way. I just remember being disappointed by all these newer Superman movies. And let's be honest, even the Christopher Reeves movies, the Superman movies, they're okay. They're not groundbreaking, but they were the first ones. So you're like, oh, I love these. You know what I mean? I remember right. being very disappointed by this fran- this new franchise of Superman. Well, I, one of the things I love is, and one of the reasons I love Christopher Reeves is because Superman 2 is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. With Zod and uh, Neil before Zod and, you know. Yeah. When he loses his powers and brings him back. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> yeah, Neil before uh, Zod. Neil before Zod. And the other guy goes, like that, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think when it comes to Superman, like you do a nationwide search, you'll find somebody like, oh yeah, that's our Superman. And if you have sure. act, acting chops for Superman, you can be a little bit uh, rusty on the old acting chops because it's kind of a corny role. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Like he's kind of supposed to be like a hayseed. Yeah, he's supposed know? to be kind of, yeah, exactly. Christopher Reeves did nail that perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. No, Christopher Reeves was great. But what I'm saying is that um, when it comes to, Henry Cavill, he's great. But it's not like they were like, oh my God, they messed up so bad on Brendan Routh and had to bring in Henry Cavill. I don't know why Brendan Routh, whatever his name is, was, was kicked out. He actually, he had the look, he had everything. And he acted yeah. as good as Henry, Henry Cavill did. Cavill. Cavill. Right, let's go to the next one. What's, what's the next one there, Andy? Number 12 is Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Just go, just go to fucking hell. I mean, ooh. You know, why even did anybody give Ewan McGregor a second thought as young Obi-Wan? I never did. Yeah. Yeah. Once I don't again, this fucking list, dude. Once again, you could have had multiple English actors. They could have put, they throw any, like Daniel Craig could have done that role. Daniel or, Craig could have, with a beard. Daniel Craig easily could have done that role. Okay. But why not go with the original? Alec Guinness was the perfectly cast Obi-Wan Kenobi. Perfect. Yes, right, right. But at least in this uh, example, what they're doing is they're, you do, there is a thing to live up to from the original movies. At least they're like, oh, he, he, he meets our criteria for, for uh, uh, satisfying our need for an Obi-Wan. And don't get me wrong, the guy's good, but 100% perfectly cast? No, I, I think yeah. that you could have had multiple people do this. Exactly. 
Uh, Ewan McGregor is also in that uh, Birds of Prey movie. He gets miscast a lot now that I think about it. Ewan McGregor is an actor. I like him as an actor, but he gets miscast a lot. He was in that Doctor Sleep movie, and he was fine, and the movie was fine, but it was still like, if you cast this just a little better, it would have made it a much better movie. And I'm saying, I'm not trying to take anything away from him, because I do generally like Ewan McGregor, but sometimes I often go, really? You chose Ewan McGregor for this role? Huh, yeah, not what yeah. I would have done. Some, well, I'll tell you, he is great. And train with the, his big breakout, train oh, spotting. He's great. Perfect. Yeah, and, and he has some range because it's like you almost wouldn't think of him as that character in Train Spotting anymore. It's such a gritty movie, and he kind of like went away from that a little bit. Yeah. Now this next one, I agree with one hundred percent. One hundred percent. They see they're they're getting it right like every fourth one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So the next one, I'll say it. Uh, Christoph Waltz as Hans. Uh, Landa in Inglorious Bastards. Perfect. Now, wow, you want to talk about a hard thing to cast? And yes, was it perfectly cast? Absolutely, it was perfectly perfect. Cast. I don't yeah. think of any. This is this is how you know you have a list and you deserve to be on this list. If you look at the character, you go, I can't imagine anyone else playing that character. Right. That's that's what I mean. That's what I'm. That's why I have such an issue with this list because we've already had multiple examples where that's not the case. Right. So uh, with with this one though, yes, I don't see anybody I mean, else just knocks it out of the park. And this is his American breakout perform. I mean, this guy was, you yeah. know, international. Well, apparently, I was watching some video about it, and they were like, once they found out that he spoke all the all the languages he spoke, they were kind of like, this is the guy. They were like, this guy because he's a really smart guy. He's actually he's a really fantastic actor. I uh, think well, it says he became fluent in French, German, and Italian for the film. Which is insane. Like you don't, I wouldn't. You don't see. Wait, a lot of is that, that true? I, that's what it says in the in the insert. So I didn't know that. I thought he. I thought when he went into audition that he actually wowed them with uh, being able to speak that. Wow, that's insane. No, I, how is that possible, dude? It says I can't see anyone else suddenly becoming fluent in French, German, and Italian for the film. Oh, I think what they mean is. That's why he was perfect for the role, because he already was. No, no, no. I think you're wrong. It says, also, I can't see Leo suddenly becoming fluent. I don't know, because do you realize how long that would take to be fluent in three languages? Like, that, that process isn't yeah, long enough you could knock it out Rosetta Stone in a month. Yeah, right. I want to see you do it for the next podcast. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll, 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 we'll keep that as a side thing. I want you to become fluent in one language in one month. Well, call in if you uh, know the history on that, if that's true. We'll look it up, and we'll let you know next Call podcast. in. Call in if you know the history. <laughs> Tweet at us if you know if he definitely learned the languages. Because I, the thing I watched was way different, saying that when they realized that he had this extra uh, talent, they were like, oh, this is, this is definitely the guy now. And that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number 10 um, is Robin Williams as the genie in Aladdin in 1992. Uh, sure, fine. It's I, the, this is a, this is a a voice a voice thing, you know. Yeah. And, and it's also a thing where, to be honest, it also depends on. Yes, I think Robin Williams is perfect. Is 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 really well casted in it. But could you almost? I guess so. I, I can almost. I, I'm I, I'm gonna be hated. I think right now on the podcast, you could almost see like if somebody told you The Rock did it, uh, they reanimated it and had The Rock. Would you be upset? No. Right, because he kind of looks like the genie, and also yeah. he has enough char- he's charismatic enough that he could do it. Now the singing, I don't know. Actually, I don't think there's that much singing with the with the genie, but uh, but Rob Williams is really well casted. But it, can you picture anybody else with it? Yeah, yeah. I could see the I could see the Rock. They redid it, and the Rock did it. That's not a bad. In fact, when they did the live action one, it should have just been the Rock, not Will Smith. Right, totally. And also, voiceover and animation, it's a lot easier to cater to the performance that's given or you know what i mean it's easier to cater to the actor yeah whereas you're not because yeah, they're, they're, they're animating robin williams the as the genie you know what i mean yeah they're it's animating not robin williams um being becoming the genie it's they made the genie whatever robin williams brought to the story. Uh, yes there you go oh my god exactly so yeah. another reason this list sucks. It's like so you're saying the thing that was drawn for the guy is perfectly cast for the guy. Exactly. Fucking morons. I'm gonna write the <laughs> author a letter. I'm gonna write him um, on par- I'm gonna write a letter on parchment paper and, and send it by horse. 
And I think Robin Williams is, is cast as a lot of like world according to world according to Garp, perfectly cast in that. I think Robin Williams even, nailed that. Even, and there's other people that could have done it, so maybe it's not a hundred percent. Mrs. And, Doubtfire, uh, uh, even well, Goodwill Hunting. I mean, Goodwill Hunting. That's what I was gonna you know, say. Yeah, Goodwill Hunting is an almost perfect cast because somebody else had done it. It wouldn't have been as interesting. Like you could see William Hurt in that role. I could see other actors in that role. I think he brings what's always, I, like you said, people are going to maybe hate me on this, but I've always uh, kind of leaned more toward Robin Williams, his dramatic roles when he just uses a soft touch to things. He's so good. He just, yeah. Wait, awakenings, awakenings, awakenings great. dude. In Goodwill hunting, he just plays that psychiatrist character with such a soft touch and it's, I think, one of his best performances ever. When he Absolutely. does the I'm crazy Robin Williams, oh, <laughs> bouncing off the walls, I go, all right, dude, I get it. I can't watch this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess you don't have to worry about that anymore, huh? Don't got to worry about Andy, that anymore. Andy, sorry, sorry to inconvenience you. Uh, the guy's just trying to make <laughs> – the guy's just trying to entertain people, Andy, and I guess that's just putting you out too I much. I just want to make people laugh. And he also – and he killed himself. But that's all right, Andy. You, you live your life. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh so the next one, I agree with them on, but there's a little bit of a caveat. The next one, uh, I'll say, I'll say it. Uh, Rosamund Pike as Amy Dunn in Gone Girl. Now, I do think that she's perfectly cast in this movie because she she rides the in the mood in the like the where, how much you have to love her, hate her, love her, hate her. She this this actress is amazing at that. But very good job, very good job. But the caveat is she's enough of an unknown. That I have no other frame of reference from other stuff to realize exactly that what she's I was perfectly say. cast for this. Yeah. And if we're going by the I can't see them casting anybody else in this, I could see them casting somebody else in this and them getting it right. Yeah, you could see back in the day, and I and this is also she didn't even do many movies. I don't know if she has the chops for it, but Lara Flynn Boyle, uh like yeah, this I could see the nineties. And a lot of these movies and the reason I bring up people from different time frames is because a lot of these movies, these scripts are around for 20 years, 10 yeah. years before they're made. So yeah. some of these actresses were probably considered before I could see there's a lot of women that could have done that role. But the fact that she was unknown made it so much more of a pop when she turned out to be who she is in the movie. And not to, and she's, she's fantastic. Very great. Amazing she's job. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, yeah. But one of those things where it's like, you watch her and, and when you think that she's cool in the movie and then that kind of turns, you're like, I didn't see it coming. And the reason that it helps is because you don't know her for much. Yeah. But if you, if she had a history of playing this character, which honestly, there's a couple of more movies that she got cast for in this, by the fourth one, you'd be like, Oh, she's going to play the one that she turns, you know, yeah, she yeah, turns yeah. on them, you know, whatever it is. It's almost like that woman from, and it's not the same woman. Uh, the one from uh, the game. Oh, did Michael Douglas movie? Yeah. Same kind of thing. I right, didn't know her that right. much. So there's a turn. She has a turn in the movie and you and you don't see it you don't see it coming because of who she is. It's not done as well as Gone Girl. I actually love the movie Gone Girl. I think it's great. Yeah, Gone Girl's really good. I like it a lot. There's I, some I, people some people don't like it. The game is a great movie too. The game's a fantastic movie. I've watched that tons. Of, that's I'll I'll leave that on if it comes on the TV. Absolutely. Okay, let's keep let's keep going, my friend. The next one's perfect because the last episode we did. Perfect. Last episode, throwback. Christian Bale as Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. We uh, don't need to spend too much time on this one because we just did a whole episode devoted to the movie. But I agree. I heard some people, Leonardo DiCaprio was maybe up for this role. It was kind of written for Leo. Never made it that work. Not, and Patrick Bateman got in shape on his own to do this. And I mean, yeah, it's perfect. You mean Christian those, Bale? Huh? You mean Christian Bale? What did I say? Patrick Bateman. Oh, Patrick, yeah. Christian Bale. Um, Sven Jolly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he, he got in shape on his own for the part. He fell in love with the part, and rightly so. Can't really picture anybody else doing this yeah. role as well. I can, I, I'm not saying somebody else wouldn't have done it. My, you know, like... Uh, Nobody comes to mind, which is a which is a good nod to the job that he did. But uh, yeah, this is what this one's pretty much one hundred percent agreed with. You could there's other people you could have had in there. Probably the more I think about it, it's like yeah, like actually, a James but no, Spader in his prime. James Spader in his prime could have done it. Yeah, eighties James Spader could have definitely done it. I was gonna say Bradley Cooper, but he no, he couldn't have pulled it off. 
Yeah. You need somebody really, really that has that muscle of uh, acting indifferent. Um, and I would say that's a good call, James Spader. That's a good alternate. But it still doesn't match up. So I believe I, I, I agree with them with perfect casting. Yeah. Great the James Spader 80s movie that uh, falls under a lot of people's radar. Tough Turf. Go out and watch it. Great movie. Uh, Going to check it out. Uh, the next one, I don't know too much about these movies. I've never seen, there's like eight of them, and I've never seen one of them. Yeah. Uh, it's the Harry Potter franchise, Robbie Coltrane as Rubius Hagrid. Now, from what I've seen, picture-wise and clip-wise, yeah, he's probably perfectly cast in this. But can you get somebody else that looks like that? Sure. You can right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, agreed. I've seen a few of them here and there. And uh, he seems like he's the right fit for the part. Like, there's multiple English actors I'm thinking of that could have probably could have could have done that. Um, but okay, yeah, so <laughs> you're you're mortal enemy. Uh, <laughs> the next one is the next one is good. Okay, here's the thing. I agree. Here, I know what you're gonna say. The next well, one. Should we is, introduce it first? Yeah, it's Alan Rickman as Alexander Dane, Doctor Lazarus, and Galaxy Quest. Okay. BuzzFeed, <laughs> nobody ever in the history of film conversation <laughs> asked the question, was Alan Rickman perfectly cast in Galaxy <laughs> fucking Quest? They're, they're gonna, you know what they're going to say? I actually believe this more. Was he perfectly cast in Die Hard? I, yes, you he took was. the thoughts out of my head. Hans Gruber, <laughs> you, you, stole, you read my mind, of course. But it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, and that was his first movie. Oh, really? First mo- yes. It was his first movie. He was a stage actor. They weren't sure if he could do it. And then they did the testing or whatever. And they were like, yes. But you want to talk about perfectly cast. I can't picture anybody else. There could have been somebody else. But the way Die Hard is, because it's such an iconic movie. But also, put that on your list. Because it's a more iconic movie that people yeah, are like, why? Who I can't fuck picture. about Galaxy Quest? A fu- it's, a, it's a very funny movie. But who gives a fuck about it? Who cares? Who cares? It's a comedy. I love when they're like, hey, how would you cast these comedies? I don't know. Whoever's like people that are funny with people that are funny, like you have way more room than with drama. And I guess, you know, Galaxy Quest does kind of have a cult following. But again, it's like, all right, fine. Yeah, fine. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me why this cracked the top 10 of perfect goals of all I've time. At, the next one, I've actually never seen this movie. People love it. Oh, Fifth Element is great. And what's and it's Chris and it's Tucker, Chris Tucker as, as, as Ruby Road in uh, the Fifth Element. Uh, so I'll speak to it. It's a very, It's much like we were talking about Robin Williams in Aladdin, as it's the character of Robin Williams, not necessarily the character of Genie played by Robin Williams. This yeah. is the character of Ruby Road, but it's played by Chris Tucker, and it's Chris Tucker being Chris Tucker, and then they kind of just—it's just the. Uh, they, yeah, they worked around it. it. It's that crazy, high-powered, high-energy Chris Tucker. Yeah, they worked and, around uh, it. They worked around it. They made yeah, they it, worked it, around also, it. Uh, let's be honest, guys. Chris Tucker is not this. He's not an amazing thespian. So, how much? What do you think it was that Chris Tucker was able to fit himself into this iconic role of Ruby Road, or do you no. think it was they're like we're going to let Chris Tucker go and do his thing and make that character ten times better? Yeah, he That's plays like was. a radio DJ. Uh, it, it's very like morning zoo-ish radio DJ in you know, this crazy futuristic landscape. And it's done well. And the character fits within the movie. But again, it's like, this seems like a really long reach for this list. Like, why, I, would, I wouldn't have given this character a thought after the movie when I watched it the first time. I'll give you More also as 25 an- years later, you go, hey, you know, it was perfectly cast. That should be number five on this list. Chris Tucker's Ruby Road. I, mean, exactly. I would have I would have punched you in the face. And we don't. And once again, we don't know if they did the order as like the, the the best ones. But like you know, from worst to best. But here's the other thing about Ruby Road. You make this movie in '85. Guess who you put in it? Lamar from Revenge of the Nerds. How about that? <laughs> Same thing. Maybe even better. Who knows? But you make it Lamar. when 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 he had a little bit of heat on him. You put that guy. In this, and guess what? You're gonna get an awesome performance. Cause so, can people fit into it? Yeah, they can. Lamar's great. Now, I'm interested to see what I'm Lamar. Lamar, and I'm here to say (laughs) the next one is Russell Crowe as Maximus in Gladiator. Interested to get your take on this. I'm actually kind of conflicted with this one. It's the one I thought about the most out of the list because I can't. I was trying to think of replacements, and I was like, who would work the best? 
And every time I would think of a replacement, I'd go, well, he does work better than them. He works better than them. He works better than, you know. Because even if you think of like, oh, I was like, oh, Brad Pitt. But then he did Troy and Troy bombed. Yeah. So it's like one of those things where it's like, it ha- I had this thing in my head of like, oh, I'm sure I could find somebody that can play Gladiator better. Uh, but I couldn't come up with it. So I'm going to say they're on point with this one. Yeah. What do you, he, do? What do you, what do you think? I, the Rock immediately popped in my head, but I, I don't think he's dramatic enough because it's a very dramatic movie as well. Yeah, yeah. And he's and, um, and, and, and come on, obviously Russell Crowe's a better actor than The Rock. Yeah, but, you know, I'm conflicted yeah. as well, so that leads me to believe they got it right. Um, yeah. I don't have that feeling of he was the only person built for this role. It's not it was the role he was born to play. It, it's, a, it's a pretty iconic role at this point. Um, so I, I tend to agree with that. It's one, one. of those things where I, the more the reason why I'm on board with their pick is because um, if you made it now, like, like say like if it was not him, if it was not Russell Crowe as the Gladiator, I don't know if the movie would have done as well. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? All right, oh, number three oh, on this oh. list is uh, another head scratcher for me. <laughs> oh, uh, this is where I check out. This is where I fucking check out with this list. Are you how how bored are you in your quarantine, BuzzFeed writer? That you uh, yeah. say who it is? Say who it is first, Andy. It's Vincent D'Onofrio as the bug in the Edgar suit in Men in Black. Who <laughs> cares? <laughs> who cares? Shit. Who? cares you can cgi this role you can cgi it besides him being like the farmer for 10 seconds as a guy you could cgi the rest of the freaking role can i just read you the insert to what this writer put in and this is when i i mean i would kick this whoever wrote this in the groin for being this convicted about your feelings toward vincent d'onofrio in men in black which i like as a movie overall i think it's a sure. i think it holds up it's a funny movie it's a great buddy cop movie and i oh. think uh, uh what do you call it not harvey Keitel. um tommy lee jones and will smith are perfectly cast as the two guys yeah, those guys are perfectly cast that's the thing why not make it tommy lee jones i can't picture tommy lee jones but I, anybody but tommy lee jones in that role and will smith this is perfect it was peak will smith they hit him right at his prime yeah. great casting Here's, the, here's what the writer wrote. The fact that he wasn't even nominated for an Oscar for that role is plain and simply a crime against oh. humanity. Okay, I didn't read that. Um, now it makes me think this whole list is a joke. He goes, think about it. We all, well, cinephiles at least, with the fact that you're calling yourself a cinephile, fuck all, are, in, are intimately familiar with who Vincent D'Afrio is and what he looks like. And yet there isn't a moment in that entire film when we aren't wholly convinced that he is anything other than a cockroach wearing human skin uncomfortably. Actors get Oscars for playing humans with human problems. Not that far of a stretch for a human actor, but Vincent played a bug stuffed inside of ill-fitting skin convincingly, and we all snub him because we didn't, don't take comedy seriously. Slap yourself, Academy. Slap yourself right in the dick. Well, you should be fucking slapped in the dick, which I'm questioning well, that you even have for making I think this I'm, list. I'm going to tweet at this person. Her <laughs> name is she's on the BuzzFeed staff. Her name is Allie Hayes. Allie, I'm sure you're a very lovely person, but you, you've missed the mark on this. You should not be calling yourself a cinephile as you're asking for D'Onofrio to get a, a, an Oscar for this role. Uh, <laughs> it's just not. I'd rather uh, Vin Diesel get an a, a Oscar for playing Groot. How about Vincent D'Onofrio in fucking Full Metal Jacket? If you want to go the D'Onofrio <laughs> yeah. role. Even D'Onofrio. I, How I perfect the casting choice was that? Even D'Onofrio would tell you that what are you talking about getting me an Oscar for the bug role in this stupid movie <laughs> that I probably took as for a paycheck, you moron. I don't want to say moron. I'm sure she's a wonderful person. And I would love to get a, her rebuttal on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to tweet out. Allie Hayes, her name is. And well, I, I, don't, I, I think she put together the list. I think the inserts are uh, an amalgamation of other people. So I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Uh, right. Number so, two. Once again. I've never even guys, seen it. I've never seen it either. It's Lion King. You've never King. seen the Lion King either? No. Oh, a couple of diamonds no, was, in the rough we are. It came, it's 94. 94, I was already 16. Yeah, I was 15. So, it was just right off the cusp of like yeah. little kid stuff. I think, I think remembering at the time, it'd be like, oh, I don't want to do that little kid shit anymore. You know? They, that's the exact age that it is. 
and you're, you're paying attention to your friends and like going out. I was like, I want to go skateboarding. So, uh, yeah, yeah. but the, thing with, the thing with this is once again, Allie, 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 when it comes to a cartoon, unless you're completely kidding and we've missed the point that this is complete, uh, facetious or whatever you want to call it. Right. When it comes to a cartoon, they have the cartoon or where they, they probably do it one of two ways. They draw the cartoon for the person that they want to do the role or they go, but once again, look at, even look at the side-by-side pictures of James Earl Jones. <laughs> he kind of looks like a lion. Look at him in the article. He kind of looks like a lion. And they yeah. probably just were like, we're going to draw this majestic lion to match James Earl Jones, Jones's amazing voice. That's very easy for these animators to do. It's not a thing he had to fit into. He right. just was the lion, Allie. Allie, Allie, Allie. I this love you. This is CNN. Yeah, it's like you're really, you know, really killing me. How about his role as what's his name in in Field of Dreams? Now, granted, could somebody else play that? Yeah, maybe Walter Matthau could have, or I, well, I think he was a black baseball player. But so, but but do you <laughs> know what, stretch you know what for I mean? Matthau, but he could like done it. like give these actors the respect of the things they acted acted in, and in, in, in putting that in an article that people get fresh eyes on. You know? Yeah. All right. Well, go for number one. And I think that they 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 did their they did their job on number one. I agree. It is Raul Julia and Angelica Houston as Gomez and Morticia Adams in the Adams Family, nineteen ninety one. I agree. They were both uh, cast very well. I remember even as a kid, nineteen ninety one. I was twelve. I remember thinking at the time when I wasn't thinking this way about movies. I remember thinking, "Oh, those they match the actors really perfectly together." Yeah, absolutely. You know? I, I, they, yeah, they nailed this, and, and there you go. It, it meets the criteria of what this article should be. There was a thing to live up to. Angelica so Houston they're, they're, is perfect. Raul Julia, maybe his last movies were the Adams Family movies. I remember he died really not long died, after the Adams movies. He died after one of the uh, after the Adams Family Values, I think, or something like that. Oh, the second okay. one, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. because he was in that one. So, but here's the thing: I, I should have said this earlier. But what I realize now is there's two criteria. There's one that the person did the role so well that they've 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 made the shoes to fill in future iterations of the character and the second one is the character was so iconic the the person you put into it did the job and knocked it out of the park that yes. should have been every single listing on this list that should have been every entry on this list and it wasn't and that's why it's a shoddy list but they did get a handful of them right uh you could also add christopher lloyd to this list as doc brown <laughs> well yeah as doc brown but um uh, also as uh what's his name uncle fester uncle fester yeah uh yeah he yes he, he was great at it and also like i wouldn't even have pegged him right away to be that but once you see him in it you're like oh yeah he's the guy i remember seeing the uh, adams family tv show uh, on the reruns and being like, oh, they got the casting way better in the movie than the original TV show. Yes, they did. Absolutely. No, this is this is a perfectly cast. They're right about these two. Like, they're, it's perfectly casted. Uh, Morticia and and Gomez Adams. Uh, uh, but but, but it doesn't agree though. The monsters, Fred Gwynn. You're not going to get a better. Herman oh Moses no, that, baby. No, no. That's, <laughs> okay, no. okay, Lily. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love them. I never watched Adam's Family. I would watch The Monsters. Yeah, The Monsters was my uh, go-to monster TV show as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that being said, Shawnee, did you have some on your own where you think this can be the perfectly cast movie uh, that was not on this list? Because I had one that I thought of. I might have even seen a clip from it uh, on this another list. Um, so for me, uh, it, I think the best casters, if I can put it like that, um, the people as a group who do the best at casting their movies are the Coen brothers. They're amazing at it. Yes. It, Cause they, they have such odd characters and unique characters and even the smaller roles, you can tell that they comb through people to even get the smallest role, right? Which I, appreciate. I think, 
And I think, and we're, we're, we have a, a future episode where I want to talk about this more at length, but you, you pops in my mind right away of, as far as a recent Coen Brothers. Tom Waits as that gold prospector in Buster yeah. Scruggs. Yes. I, oh, my God. I don't think I've ever I, – I, you want to talk about, like, in the dictionary next to gold prospector, they should put a picture of Tom Waits from that movie. <laughs> because was it was perfect. Even The way he acted, everything about it was perfect. So I think they're amazing at it, and also I think that uh, – I'll give you one of well, give me one of yours that you have on your list. Um, my favorite. Well, I think if I'm going to go to the one I can't see anybody else playing in a Coen Brothers movie is Javier Bardem as Anton Chigurh. Oh, absolutely. He 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 made that his own. Perfect. And just to be, and all, that's it's a, probably a very hard thing to do to be that that evil. Yeah. In a movie, like to, like I, that I like. Sometimes I'll go, I, I scroll through like YouTube or Facebook videos and the, the tossing the coin, the flipping the coin scene will come on and I can't watch it. It's tough, man. You it's just tough. Go, Jesus Christ. Um, obviously, the three most iconic roles, I think, out of the Coen Brothers movies, and they, are, they do come as a trio for me, is that it's the dude and it's, uh, it's Walter and it's Donnie. It's Steve Buscemi, Jeff Bridges, and... Uh, um, uh, John Goodman. Oh, absolutely. All three I, perfectly cast. I would say the, the same way you say the Coens are so good at casting, I would also put up to nominate uh, Paul Thomas Anderson for being good at casting. Yes, absolutely. Because I think he either writes this stuff for these people specifically, or he just, yeah. once he does it, he's like, I know exactly what I want. Because yeah. one Tom of the Cruise, most perfect- Tom Cruise, Magnolia. One of the most perfectly ca- – yes, Tom Cruise is – yes, Tom Cruise and Magnolia and also Jason Robards and Magnolia are two of the most perfectly casted yeah. roles I've ever seen yeah. in, in any movie in my life. So when it comes to Paul Thomas Anderson, he's obviously – even if you want to say Mark Wahlberg and Boogie Nights, wow, talk about just yeah. writing for a character and just picking it up with the casting. It's just perfect. But Burt Reynolds perfect. kind of had a career resurgence with that role. And you go, yeah, I can't see anybody but Burt Reynolds playing that role. Really? No, yeah. yeah. I, I could, there's probably a couple I could go to. One, you know who's, you know who's a really good, good, good casting that's outside what we're talking about? The Priest, and I forget his name, and he's dead now. Amazing character actor, The Priest from Rudy. The Priest from Rudy is perfect as a, a priest at Notre Dame. I can't even conjure I think, up an image. I, I, I forget his name. And he's been in a bunch of stuff. He was in Mrs. Doubtfire. He plays the other guy she goes to dinner with on the same night she goes to dinner with the family. And she messes up and wears the, outfit, the, the Mrs. Doubtfire outfit. The head of the TV station in Mrs. Doubtfire. Theodore he- Edmund Joyce. Uh, I'm getting a lot I think of... It's a, oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy's great. And he, he was a, he's such a great actor, or was such a great actor. But him and Rudy is one of the perfectly, perfectly like side character cast things I've ever seen. Now, here's the thing, man. We mentioned four major roles probably in the past five minutes after the list. Why weren't any of those in her list? Uh, yeah. Those are no-brainers. Tom Cruise and Magnolia is a no-brainer to put on that list. Well, that's why I said uh, this, I think like this person was born in 1998. I think she was, she's younger. But, <laughs> but if, you're, if you're a cinephile. If like you're a cinephile, says, you should know the history of films. And also, the, the, the Magnolia is 2004. It's not 1965. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think that there's a, I think we could do a whole episode of Perfectly Cat. Maybe we do that one day as, as, a, pay, as a bonus app. Uh, we have a list of people we didn't even talk about that are our own list that we put online to battle her list. <laughs> yeah. But, well, you know, yeah, buddy. I think, we, uh, I, think we, I think we exhausted this topic. We did like over an hour on this thing. Yeah. But uh, hey, well, I'm passionate. I, I think I'm passionate about acting. Me being a thespian myself, <laughs> I've done a couple. I, I've done a couple acting jobs, Andy, and I know what goes the work that goes into it. You got an IMDb page, buddy. <laughs> yeah, when you play uh, um, mechanic number one, you know that you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or in, in my case, a security guard number one, or loud bar patron number three, or <laughs> <laughs> cop. Or cop, or cop, <laughs> fat bearded cop. Uh, You're well, a good actor, you. man. You are a very good actor. Oh, thank you, buddy. I appreciate. It. I'm, I'm okay. I do as long as I'm only saying one or two things. I'm fantastic. You know? <laughs> uh, if, I, if you get me into a, a, a real acting, I, 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 I shit the bed. Um, 
let's uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this uh, Friday edition of, of Defend Your Movie. Defenders, we love you. Uh, once again, tweet at the show. That's at Defend Your Movie. Also, tweet at me and Andy uh, yeah. in, the, in the same lot. That's, uh, Andy is at Andy Fiore on Twitter, right? That's correct? That is correct, sir. And I am at Shawnee Time on Instagram and Twitter. What else would you like to defend? I mean, uh, to defend, to plug, my friend. Well, uh, not, no live show dates. Hopefully, stand-up comedy and the world in general, as we know it, comes back sooner than later. Um, but I also uh, have a, uh, a serious XM show on Raw Dog Channel 99. It's called The Raw Report. And uh, we have a fun little interview show that we do uh, every Thursday at 4 p.m. And I know we mentioned this on Tuesday, but it's uh, worth mentioning again. Right now, if you're sitting at home, you can uh, get SiriusXM for free if you go to SiriusXM.com slash free trial, three months, there's no commitment, there's no credit card things, and you can hear our other side projects. Me and Shawnee both have shows on there. So you might as well yeah. take advantage of it while you can, you know? Yeah, I have a show called Celebrate, which Andy has done. Uh, and it's the same thing for Celebrate. Uh, I'm going to be posting a link to where you can do the, the, the free streaming during this time on my social media. So look out for that, uh, and you'll be able to look, listen to Roll Report and, and Celebrate on the app. Uh, yeah. back episode everything so, on demand stuff and you know it's music yeah. it's sports it's everything uh, yeah it's it's great it's awesome uh andy thank you so much for doing this buddy always a pleasure my friend and and uh, we'll yeah. see you for the tuesday app we're gonna we're gonna keep these things rolling out guys we're having a blast with them please at defend your movie subscribe rate and review at defend your movie tweet at us matchups and we'll 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 match some things up we can find people to fill the roles we'll match them up so <laughs> uh, uh yeah uh, yeah, per- we can perfectly cast perfectly the can. matchup. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll match it up. And, and this was a great episode, a lot of fun. Let us know what you think, and we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Thank you so much, and have a good one, buddy. Bye-bye. <laughs>